Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at first first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Wednesday, July 6th. And I don't know about you guys, how you're spending the middle of your summer, right? But was anyone else watching the Chet Holmgren show last night? in the NBA Summer League in Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh my gosh. By now you've seen the highlights. You wake up, it's the first thing you're seeing on your Instagram feed. You turn on the TV. I guarantee you there's going to be a dozen podcasts today breaking down in granular detail Chet Holmgren's incredible debut. First of all, I don't care about what the final stat line is. That's irrelevant in Summer League. Although I got excited when Keegan Murray had 26 in his first game. What Holmgren was doing on the court at both ends did not look like a skinny toothpick who was going to be overwhelmed and pushed around. I know it's summer league. I know he's going against Taco Fall. By the way, I think he blocked his shot twice. And and we're not going to see him in an NBA game in transition dribble into a behind-the-back three, which he did a couple of times. Chet Holmgren looked like he belonged there. And Orlando Magic fans had to be just pained watching Holmgren have an incredible debut, very memorable. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and spend 10 minutes on Chet Holmgren. 
I just need to point out, the kid looked real deal Holyfield in his summer league debut. And I know, I know. We've seen a lot of guys come through the NBA summer league, drop 30, 40, and then they can't even make a roster. I get all that. Holmgren looks like he belongs at 20. He definitely looks like he's ready. I didn't. I thought it would take some time, and there will be an NBA learning curve. He's not going to come in opening night and drop 20. But Chet Holmgren looked like an NBA player. And I think if you're an OKC fan, and we'll get to Kevin Durant shortly, and also we'll get to Durant with our guest, Alex Schiffer, who covers the Nets. Yes, Kevin Durant, Nets, and I mentioned OKC. But if you're OKC, this is the first time there's been a hint of optimism since, I guess, Game 6, 2016. And I mean, I'll never forget the game. It was a few days before we moved out to LA. OKC was within, I don't know, a quarter of going to the NBA Finals. And then Klay Thompson goes off in the final five minutes and Steph Curry and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, OKC blows it in Game 7 and Kevin Durant leaves and the rest is history. The team's been cratering since. I'm not saying Chet Holmgren is the answer to all their problems, but he is a start. Josh Giddy, shout out to the NBL, my New Zealand Breakers. Josh Giddy has looked good. Um, I'm not going to make any jokes about the thin towers, Poku and Chet. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, obviously they've got a lot of young, promising players. They're still far away from anything, but the future looks bright in OKC. Speaking of OKC, we are on what now, Dave? five, six of the Kevin Durant watch. We don't know how long it's going to be, but indications are this could drag out. And we, our guest later in the pod will tell you about just why, but it is it, it looking increasingly difficult for an easy, say, Nets-Suns trade. It's sounding more and more like a third, perhaps fourth team will have to be involved. This will have to be a massive undertaking that multiple teams are going to have to get on board with. The Nets, as everybody knows, want at least an all-star in return as well as a, a, a bounty of picks. Kevin Durant just wants to go to a good team. Ha-ha, insert laugh here. There is, however, a bit of a crazy scenario where maybe, just maybe, and again, it's a huge maybe, and we're I'm floating this just because. What if the Nets owner says, KD, We can't find a trade for you. We have Kyrie for this year. We have Ben Simmons healthy and ready to go. Now, I don't know, uh, quickly, going down a side alley here, I don't know why Ben Simmons deleted his Instagram and all his social media. I know he was dating or engaged to some, you know, quasi-famous, I think she's like a British announcer, uh, like some host of some TV show, obviously very attractive, and and maybe something unraveled there. Maybe the whole Devin Booker, Kendall, uh, Jenner breakup has got Devin, uh, Ben Simmons thinking, hey, maybe I can make that happen again. I, I, I don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons, but he deleted all of his social media accounts. And I don't, again, this could have something to do with off the court, maybe on the court. Maybe he got bad news about the surgery. I, who knows? Maybe he talked to Kevin Durant. He's like, I'm out of here. And Ben Simmons just, just crestfallen. I don't need to hear this crap. Um, Maybe he thinks he could be traded. For whatever reason, Ben Simmons is now off social media. Now, he was never very active on there, right? But he clearly knows something is up. I I, I just have to wonder. And again, this is after three or four days of Nets mockery, Kyrie bashing. This is going to sound a little silly, but you have to cover all your bases, right? 
anytime you're cooking up a big deal and, and you've got a huge decision to make in life, you've got to cover all the bases. And this is one we haven't covered. What if Kevin Durant says, okay, you don't have a trade for me. Kyrie's staying. Ben's, how's your back? Okay, um, looking around the roster. We got Patty Mills back. Okay, check. We got Seth Curry. All right, check. Uh, we got Claxton. Blake Griffin says he's going to leave, but hasn't yet. We traded for Royce O'Neal, another win. We just signed TJ Warren. I know he hasn't played in a couple years. Uh, you know, for now, we have Joe Harris. Um, I like Cam Thomas. You know, one through ten, we're, we're not terrible. Um, huh. Maybe I just shelve this trade request and we play it out. Let's be positive for a sec. And remember, two years ago, with a healthy Harden, well, as healthy as he was, healthy Kyrie and healthy Kevin Durant, they smashed the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets smashed the Milwaukee Bucks in the first two games of that playoff series. James Harden was not 100%. Kyrie Irving gets hurt, turns an ankle, and next thing you know, the Nets storm back. KD nearly carried them to victory. James Harden came back at like 50% for Game 7, was serviceable, but couldn't really do anything, and the Nets end up losing. Could have won that series, and that was the champion Bucks with mighty Giannis and Middleton and Holiday, right? They were close. Now, I know they don't have Harden, but they have Ben Simmons. And I think overall they've got a better roster now than they did then. Is there a chance? Is there a scenario where Kevin Durant says, fine, I shelved the trade request, let's do this? Could that happen? If he's not getting his way. You know? He's not going to get to a Memphis, a Phoenix, a team that is a contender for the championship. This warrior stuff, it's not happening. Could this... I don't know, drag out. Remember, James Harden, when the OKC Thunder, back when Harden was in OKC, they had gone to the finals in June, and Harden was the sixth man of the year. And of course, it was obvious to OKC they had to pay Russ, KD, and Harden. And they decided, we can't pay Harden, let's trade him for a bunch. They traded him like right before the season. My favorite story about that, and I tell my young son and actually some some of his athlete buddies I've told this, Sam Hinkie said this story on a podcast when he was he was with the Rockets. He, he was at that first practice that James Harden was at. And, you know, Kevin McHale was the coach, and, uh, you know, James Harden had just got there, and the entire team is kind of, you know, messing around before practice, and the coach calls him in, and he tells him, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this station, and then here and here, and... There was like a, a brief lull, and Mikhail goes, okay, guys, let's bring it in. Everybody, put your hands in. You know, you do your hands in, you break the huddle. And before the huddle was broken, James Garden goes, who just got to town, pipes up and goes, hey, hey, everybody, tuck your shirts in. Like, I mean, James Harden had probably not spoken to 10 of these guys. He just got to town. First practice. He tells everyone, tuck your shirts in. He's the alpha. He was the leader of that team. And they were good. They were they're, they're very good. Couldn't obviously could not get by the Warriors uh, as they were ascending. But James Harden, I've always kind of liked him. And I, when Harden signs his extension here, it's it's going to be a favorable one to Philly. I, I'm very happy with what James Harden did. He's built up a lot of equity with me for that. Now I know Harden's had his problems, obviously playoff failures galore. But I thought this was a great thing he did. He had him over a barrel. He could have asked for big, big, big money, and settled and took less. Now I don't know how much less. We'll wait to see. But a, a nice gesture by James Harden, a guy who I've always liked. At any rate, 
he was dealt right before the season started. Could that happen with Kevin Durant? It's possible. I mean, Kevin Durant will have turned 34 in September. So if this deal goes down in like late August, early September, you know, it'll it'll be approaching his 34th birthday. It could it could be weird for Kevin Durant. But let's be honest, he made this weird by demanding a trade. And his guy who he followed to Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving, definitely has made things weird. Um so I, I don't know. Listen, I don't my guess is it doesn't happen that Kevin Durant stays in Brooklyn. I think it's interesting. It would be fascinating if he and Kyrie gave it one last chance. Now, what if it worked? Nick Claxton is hitting on all cylinders. Ben Simmons looks awesome. Like, what if it worked? I think it's more likely that he gets dealt and Kyrie gets shipped, but I I, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think, like, if they stood pat, let's say they lose Joe Harris because by many accounts they, they don't want to go so far into the tax that they're going to they're gonna have to lose Harris. Um, I still think you've probably got number one, Boston, number two, Milwaukee, or it's super close, but 1A, 1B. And I think Brooklyn would have to be three. I would put them ahead of the Miami Heat, even though the Heat were the number one seed last year. I think if the Nets stood pat, Kyrie, KD, Curry, uh, TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal, Ben Simmons, I mean, you know, I think there's something there. Could Kevin Durant get to the point where he rescinds his trade demand? Something I don't think we've seen from superstars. All right, without further ado, let's get to our guest. He covers the Nets for The Athletic, Alex Schiffer. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities, 
and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy who covers the Nets. The Nets are really ground zero for the NBA this offseason. It's been L.A. the last couple years with the Clippers and LeBron's Lakers, but now it is Brooklyn and the Nets. Alex Schiffer, I hope I said that right, Schiffer. It's an interesting spelling, Alex. It's uh, Austrian for captain of the ship. That's all I know about its uh, origins. So Love it. He covers the Nets for the Athletic. And I read your TikTok on how the hell the Nets got here. It was like three years ago, the excitement. Oh, my gosh, Kyrie and KD. And here we are three years later. Kevin Durant wants out. Kyrie Irving is basically turned into a crazy person. Um, Alex, I'm just curious. How much has this uprooted your summer? Because, honestly, when the Nets were swept... Kyrie Irving was saying all the right things. Hey, me and KD are going to sit down with the owner and the GM. We're going to sort this out. And here we are like six weeks later, and it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, cancel your all your summer trips, Alex. You're going to be locked down on the Nets beat. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I go on vacation about a week after Summer League, a little less than that, and I am praying that this is either all resolved by the time I'm back in late July or um, <laughs> or happens right as I get back. Because yeah, I don't want to it, miss the action. It, it feels like w- this could be strung out. Now, again, things are moving at a glacial pace. And Alex, I, you know, I, I really do wonder if there's a chance 
that cooler heads prevail. Maybe Ben Simmons, I try not to laugh too hard, is a man who sits down and says, guys, guys, we didn't even give this a chance with me. Or, or, or the Nets owner, a billionaire who, you know, is kind of a big swinging dick. Maybe he just says, hey, guys, we're not trading Kevin Durant. We don't have a trade we like, so tough it out. Tough darts. Is there a chance, Alex, cooler heads prevail? Is there a chance? Yes. I mean, there's always a chance. But, you know, as of today, Kevin Durant hasn't changed his stance on asking for a trade out of the Nets. And I, I think what's going to be interesting, you know, even I was, I was talking to our, our Raptors reporter, Eric Kareen, who um, I've been teaming up for a story on. Kevin Durant wants to go to a team with multiple All-Stars, but the Nets want multiple All-Stars back for Kevin Durant. And common sense is just telling you that this is going to be really hard to make work unless it's not like a four or five team deal, something ridiculous with a lot of guys moving around. Yeah. And I just kind of wondered, do we get to a point where, as you said, is it August, September, where they say, look, you can't go anywhere where you get your wish. We can't go anywhere where we get our wish. Uh, Kyrie's opted in. We have everybody under contract. I, I hate everyone's using the last dance vibes with this, which is funny to me because comparing this to the Bulls dynasty is like comparing <laughs> like Chick-fil-A to like Ruth's Chris. Um, but I do wonder if we get to a point where if nothing has happened, do they just say, screw it? Kyrie's in for one year. You know, we can see where this goes for one more year with Ben Simmons healthy and all this depth and see if, you know, they can reconcile by winning. Um, or do we find some trade uh, that comes up in August or September and all of a sudden it's like James Harden and he's getting moved up before the start of the season? OG yeah. James Harden trade, I'm saying, by the way, Oklahoma City to Houston. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a chance that was a long-winded answer, but, like, I, I just think as, as I sit here talking to you today on July 5th, I don't see it. Yeah. So, Alex, you said a lot. A lot of that I like. We know Kevin Durant is a sensitive fellow. I talked on yesterday's podcast. So I'll do podcasts about him and tag him, and he engages with me. And we exchange all these messages. And you can just sense that he is very sensitive about how the perception is here that, hey, man, you guys got swept by Boston and Steph Curry. Remember the team you were on? They beat them in the finals. And I just wonder... If maybe I've been reading this wrong all along, that this wasn't Kevin Durant being sensitive, and maybe this really is about him trying to get Kyrie paid with this ridiculous trade request. I want to go where there's multiple all-stars. Well, the Nets are going to want multiple all-stars. Alex, is there a chance that this is a big power play by KD to get Kyrie Irving paid? I think it could be, but you know, the Nets have done nothing but hold their stance on Kyrie throughout this, so I don't know why doing this would change. And it's already been put out there that, you know, the Nets are willing to lose Kevin and Kyrie to repeat, uh, avoid a repeat of last season. So, yeah, this could be more of a leveraging play, but like, I, I don't really, I wouldn't get the sense of it, get the point of it if it was because the Nets have been very uh, adamant about where they stand with Kyrie in contract negotiations. And he's already opted in. So, you know, the Nets already kind of won that battle. So, mm. I don't know what the point would be for leverage because they already have him under contract for the one year. And, you know, again, if Kyrie plays the way he usually does and is available, you know, he can probably be looking at that match or something close to it next summer with a higher cap salary cap, by the way. So, I, I mean, the Nets have already kind of won their whole standoff with Kyrie. So I don't really see how it's a leveraging play right now for that, given that, you know, that deadline for that already passed. Is there a, I mean, you just floated what I think is a crazy scenario. Kyrie getting the max, being a good soldier all year. Listen, you, you're close to this team. You cover it. What is What on earth has happened to Kyrie Irving? Because I really get annoyed when people are like, oh, you hit that game-winning shot against the Warriors. That was six years ago. 
Like, he has been a shell of that player since he left LeBron. He blew up in Boston. It was a nightmare. Uh, he ended up blowing up in Cleveland. A bad ending with Ty Lue and, and LeBron. Now he's in Brooklyn. It's looking like an ending, a nightmare. Like, what happened? Do we know what the hell happened to Kyrie Irving? No, not really. You know, it's interesting the way you talk about the Warriors thing because, you know, I forget who pointed this out to me, but a Kyrie Irving team with him on the floor has not tasted the conference finals since he hit the shot, they, it seems to have tasted the conference finals, like we said. And, I mean, I don't think his play has been the problem, per se. Like, when he's been on the court, he's still been brilliant. You know, he had a 50-40-90 season in Boston and uh, – or, no, in New, in Brooklyn, but was close to another one in Boston. When he's been available, he hasn't looked like Father Time has touched him at all. But it's just been these absences and more occurrences of them to where there's been more questions raised. You know, that really in Cleveland, I mean, the only thing was, like, the flat earth stuff. And since – since he got to Boston, really, it's just been all these other things that have come up that have led to him being injured and absent and everything, and that's where it's kind of kicked in. So I don't know what's changed, really, but you know he hasn't really been the same in terms of success as a team success since he left Cleveland. I'm curious, Alex, uh, while on the beat, I know it's been tough for you guys not able to go in locker rooms all the time, but did, has anyone ever been able to ask Kevin Durant point blank what he thought about Kyrie Irving going AWOL on the team during the season? He said some things of it. You know, he said that, um, you know, it's a personal decision. He's not going to force anyone into that stuff. And, you know, he also talked about on his podcast this year how he came to Brooklyn to play with Kyrie. And with Kyrie being sidelined, he had to kind of reconcile that. So he's talked a bit about how, it, you know, it, it, it's affected him in some ways. It's been tough on him in some ways. But how ultimately, you know, their relationship has survived through it. So you know, he, he's been asked in a, in a few different ways just about, Kyrie and the situation and, and the workload it put on him and everything. And, and he said nothing but the right things, you know, to, throughout all this. I mean, we should all hope to have a friend like Kevin Durant. He's really had Kyrie's back through and through. Yeah. He's too good of a friend. Uh, it feels like Kyrie's taking advantage of him. Um, the ending between Kyrie and James Harden, a lot has been written on both sides. A lot of people blaming Harden, other people blaming Kyrie. What, what was your official read on that relationship, Harden and Kyrie? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of changed in recent days, actually. I was talking to someone today, uh, you know, with ties to Harden about it. I, I definitely think, you know, James was fine, you know, really up to Christmas until they brought Kyrie back. You look at the way he played against the Lakers on Christmas Day, carried them over in the win, um, capped by that Nick Claxton dunk. They were first in the East. You know, really things didn't start to go sour until Kyrie came back, and it was all of a sudden the big three kind of in and out with Kyrie part-time. So... I don't, I don't blame James for, for asking to leave due to Kyrie's commitment to winning or lack thereof from what he saw with all that. You know, the way he went about it, you know, some of the reports out about him and, his, and you know, the Nets not knowing where he might have been or, you know, him coming into the arena light, some of those Vegas trips that have been talked about in years past with him. But, like, you know, I feel like you look at what James Harden did today, which I was talking to the, the guy that knows him about. I mean, I feel like history's kind of aging his favor a little bit, right? You know, he kind of saw – that this was kind of going south and he asked out and yeah, it was only a year in, but like, I, I think it's an interesting hypothetical as to what would have happened with the next season if Kyrie was sidelined the whole year or until the vaccine mandate changed, whenever that would have been, you know, late March mm -hmm. and how would it have changed just in that, you know, I mean, he would have come back so close to the playoffs that would be the big three. I don't know. And I think it's an interesting food for thought with the big three, have been enough for them to win the title, even on short notice, just based on what we saw out of all three, especially with Harden appearing to have taken a step back. I kind of wonder a little bit there, but 
it, it would have been very interesting if the Nets stuck to their guns all year and Kyrie doesn't return until late March with the mandate changing and he takes, you know, two weeks or whatever to ramp up and, you know, you're playing for April. Where are the Nets in the standings at that point, just with Harden and no Durant? Are they even still in the playoff situation? Are they out of the play-in? Mm. You know, but I, I think it's very interesting. What if, if the Nets would have stuck to their guns the whole time? Um, you know, do the Nets get a game or two of this in the Celtics? Or, you know, was James Harden, Kyrie, and Durant enough to keep um, – to to hold off Boston offensively just like they did last year in five games? Yeah. I, I think it's an interesting hypothetical as to, you know, with the Nets sticking of their guns with Kyrie and not relenting during the COVID outbreak, would that have changed James's perception? They still maybe find a way to make this work, and then we're having a different conversation this summer potentially. It's weird. I, I just hearing you just now. I thought back to the Bucks Net series where the Nets, I believe, annihilated the Bucks two games in a row to start the series. Lose game three, kind of fluky, and then in game four, I think Kyrie went down. James Harden was not a hundred percent. Like th- those are the Bucks that were champions, a- and the Nets. I-, I believe they annihilated them in the first two games, right, Alex? Yeah, no, the the first two games were at home, and I think it was game three. I forget if it's game three or game four that Kyrie got sprained his ankle in, but if you go back to that first half, or right before halftime, I forget exactly when Kyrie's injury was, but if you go back and look at that, they were still beating the Bucks pretty darn good with just Kyrie and Durant. Like I remember the first half that the talk amongst all of us was, uh, on the beat was they might not even need Harden to get past Milwaukee with the way they're cutting through them, so... Wow. It's uh, that whole Buck series to me is crazy because Mike Boonholzer, you know, it's crazy the way the, the NBA and, and sports, professional sports work just with some of these breaks. You know, Mike Budenholzer was a healthy Kyrie ankle potentially from losing his job and That's a right. and a shoe size away from potentially losing his job. And now he wins the whole thing and gets an extension. So it's just crazy the way the littlest things yeah. can change a tenure like that. Um, Real quick on Kevin Durant. You know, in this exchange I had with him over Instagram DM this week, I basically told him, like, listen, the best KD anyone's ever seen was in Golden State. You won two finals MVPs, unstoppable, the team was great. Like, you were great in OKC with Russ, but that wasn't the best KD. You were really, really good in Brooklyn with Kyrie, but that wasn't the best KD. I'm curious where you think, Alex, Kevin Durant could go and we would see the best version of him rivaling the Warriors version of him. That's a really good question. You know, it's such a tough thing that for me to answer too, just because one, I feel like his game fits with any fits with anybody, which is what makes him so good. But also, like you know, it's tough to throw hypotheticals out there because of the All Star uh, hiccup we've talked about with the trades. Yeah. Well, you know, um, like I think he'd look great in Miami alongside Bam Adebayo, you know, a floor spacing big and Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler. But it's also hard to see all those guys, you know, him going to Miami, mm. given all that. You know, Phoenix with Devin Booker and Chris Paul with with him out there. I, I feel like, I mean, that would look really good just with the way I, I feel like Booker and Tatum. I, I said this to someone else earlier this year, you know, um, I feel like KD is it the way he scores can be effortless sometimes. And I feel like while they're not at his level, especially at the peak of his powers, Booker and Tatum are kind of trending that direction. I remember when Tatum dropped 50 against the Nets. I think that was in March in Boston. I remember saying to myself, like, like he reminds me of Kevin just with the way he's getting these off so easily. Yeah. So I, I I would lean a little bit toward Phoenix just because you'd think Chris Paul and Devin Booker would not be involved in trades for Kevin Durant, obviously. So I, I, I just and, – and obviously Chris Paul, just with the way he, he play makes, you'd have to like the way he would maybe create some stuff for Kevin. So 
I feel like that's the easy answer just because, again, the rest of these teams, it starts to get clunky with who stays and who goes and who's really untouchable in these deals. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The only team that I think has a, a potential star to send out, well, there's two, is the potential of the Clippers. Um, you know, I know that's just one all-star, but if you can send Paul George to Brooklyn and you can take back Kevin Durant, now, you could get whoever else you want, but basically you're keeping Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. Kawhi would then defend the other team's best player. You don't want Kevin Durant doing that. And... You know, the pairing of Kawhi and Kevin Durant is pretty lethal. You know, they got guys, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, whoever you want to toss into the deal. I'm just wondering your thoughts on KD and Kawhi. Now, I don't think the Clippers personally would want him. I think the front office is too smart to get in bed with a guy like Durant right now. But what do you think about that, the chance of that? Yeah, you know, I've even written when there was reports out of Kyrie wanting to go to the Clippers. I love the Clippers roster. I would put them yeah. I would put them right up there at fully healthy if they don't make any moves. I mean, Norman Powell's a great scorer. Terrence Mann, as you said, you know, broke out a little bit last year, showed some flashes of what he could be. Another young guy. Uh, Marcus Morris, solid role player. They just have a lot to like, I feel like, up and down that whole roster. Like, I really think that they're built to go the whole way next year. Um, you know, Paul George obviously has some health issues. If you were the Nets to go for, I mean, the, the Nets would obviously love Kawhi just because of the Spurs ties throughout the front office, but that's not happening. Um, yeah. I, I I like the way they're built a lot, but I even think just like if there's a world in which the Nets could get some of those other guys I mentioned and not and, – and the Clippers avoid putting Paul George in a deal, I mean, they're super lethal. But, I, I mean, Kawhi and Kevin, you know, Paul George and Kevin, whatever it would be, I mean, like I, I love the Clippers roster. Like I think that they yeah. are going to be a problem next year. Yeah, I, I think one through twelve, they've probably got the best roster in the league, right? Norman Powell. Yeah, I would agree John, with you. John Wall, uh, Zubak is even a, a, a serviceable center. Covington on the wing. But I forgot the about other Covington. Team, yeah, yeah. The, the other team that can send out a potential star uh, in the Paul George ilk is, and I don't think it's going to happen, but the Lakers with Anthony Davis. Do you say we'll give up AD and Russ, give us Kyrie and Kate and, and uh, Kevin Durant? I think that's a little too crazy. But that being said. You know, if KD and Kyrie are still boys and the Lakers say, you know what, Anthony Davis always hurt. Let's take a chance. I, I don't, any thoughts on that way? I mean, that's a little nuclear, Alex, but I figured I'd toss it your way. I think that's a little nuclear. And I would also <laughs> say to that, you know, I feel like Ky, KD and, Ky, and LeBron would both take so much flack for being on the same team together, even at this stage in their careers, that I just have a hard time seeing that. Um, I have a super hard time seeing the Nets take Russell Westbrook. I mean... You're the, like, eighth guy to get this joke. I'm sorry, but, you know, like, John Wooden or Mike D'Antoni cannot concoct an offense in which Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons operate. You know, like, they're both non-shooters. Um, similar games in some ways. You know, obviously, Ben's a lot longer of a defender and whatnot. You know, probably a little bit better of a rebounder than Russ, but, I mean, obviously, he's missed a triple-double. I, I just don't see either one of them doing that. You know, it's funny. It's like someone else mentioned this to me the other day. Um, obviously, Oklahoma City has a bevy of picks and uh, and young talent that might entice the Nets in a deal. Would Sam Presti bring Kevin home? And someone said to me, they're like, you know, look at the way that LeBron and Kevin get compared to each other all the time. Actually, this this also got reiterated on Bill Simmons' podcast, I think, to make me look smart. But um, he, you know, 
Kevin going back to OKC would almost be like people saying like LeBron went back to Cleveland, right? So like, I, I feel like that would be another thing. You talk about the consciousness of these guys. Like, I think that they'd be aware of some of the perception of that and how it would go over. So I, I just, I have such a hard time seeing a Kyrie for Westbrook straight deal or Kevin to the Lakers because of the flack they would take uh, knowingly. The Nets either getting Westbrook in return or Kevin going to team up with LeBron. So I, I, I would be stunned, stunned if those deals were to happen. Um, I, I, I like this idea of Kevin Durant back to OKC. You know, he is kind of a man without a country. Uh, ever since he left OKC for Golden State, everybody, every team in the league hated him. Everybody said, oh, too much of a stacked team. He, he was a punching bag. And everywhere he's gone, it's like, oh, well, now you're following Kyrie Irving to Brooklyn. And now you're going to go play with LeBron or you're going to go to Jimmy Butler's team in Miami if it's Jimmy Butler's team. Or or um, I don't know, whose team would you say it is with the Raptors? Uh, do, anybody? Could he be question. the guy there? Yeah, maybe maybe he'd be the guy. But Phoenix is Booker's team for sure. But I, I do want – do you think Durant – do you think that kind of thing matters to him? It did in Golden State, but do you think it still does? That's a good question. You know, obviously, I don't speak for him. I mean, to me, yeah. you know, something I've said about the Raptors before, like he'd be aside from Kawhi Leonard, what maybe like one of the greatest Raptors instantly, right? They're a very young organization. They came along in the '90s. You know, I mean, who's on the Raptors' Mount Rushmore? I mean, if you want to go five deep, it's Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, um, Kawhi, Kyle Lowry, and Demar Derozan. Like, I feel like those are the five in franchise history, yeah. and. No offense to any of the five, but really Kawhi is the only one that can hold a candle to Kevin in terms of talent. So, like, you know, um, you know, I, I feel like without question it'd be Kevin's team. And um, Miami to me is another weird one because like there's no real like homegrown guy outside of Bam. Like yeah. I like I've I've people ask me before, like, what do you look at as Miami's leader? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like they're really by committee down there. So and I, I mean, I don't really think you'd have a problem with that per se. So um so yeah, I don't think like I, I see what you mean with with Phoenix and Booker for sure, especially since he was there during some of their leaner years. But yeah, you look at some of the other options. Like I don't really think it would be as much of a conversation. Yeah, it, the other thing about OKC and the parallel with LeBron going back to Cleveland, like LeBron went back and had Kyrie and then finagled Kevin Love. Um, I I don't know who Kevin Durant's getting to OKC for them to even be a playoff team, and then it becomes. Oh, Kevin Durant went to go lead a team and they didn't even make the play in or something. You know, like, I mean, I don't know that they'd be any good with him. But the other problem with going to Toronto, and it just hit me, Alex, is, hey, Kawhi went to Toronto and in one year they won the championship. Kevin Durant goes to Toronto. And what if they lose in the second round? Then it's like, well, is he even better than Kawhi Leonard all time? And I, again, I know the legacy talk can get old, but if you start to think about that that way for Kevin Durant, it starts to get pretty bleak. And that's why, you know, to take it back to the beginning, I, I do wonder if there's a scenario where he just stays. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm trying to pull up the original Kawhi Leonard trade. I don't think it's a one-to-one -one per se with Kawhi and Kevin because, um, because you look at what the Raptors gave up to get hit Kawhi. It's such a different animal than, yeah. than I'm pulling up right now. Um, De DeRozan... I think Jakob Pertl, maybe? Yeah, DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a protected 2019 first-round pick. I'm trying to remember who that became. Um, but it was Kawhi and Danny Green, essentially, for DeMar and Pottle. Like, that's really um, that's really not nothing close to the bounties we've been talking about. 
Yeah, so, not even close. So I don't think it's a one-to-one because, I mean, we're talking about what makes this hard, right? Like, I uh, I believe the pick was Keldon Johnson, actually. Good pick by San Antonio nice with that. Yeah. Yes, Keldon Johnson with that last piece. So, I mean, you look at, like, that was one draft, that was one first-round draft pick, uh, a role player in Danny Green, and Kawhi. I mean, the Nets have given what they're asking for and what the market looks like with the Rudy Gobert trade, like – I just feel like expectations can't be looked at the same in Toronto with Kawhi because the the Raptors got such a good deal for him and had such little roster configuration that like, it's just not like the Raptors will have way more significant roster turnover in a Kevin Durant trade than they ever did in a Kawhi trade. And that, that's worth um, that's that's important context to me in talking about all this. Yeah, the, no, definitely the Kawhi rental was highly huge risk only for one year. But you know, Alex, you just brought a lot of nuance to a discussion that I don't know that social media and, and some of these other talking heads on TV have when it comes to something like a Kawhi Kevin Kevin Durant comparison. I mean, I think it's a no brainer. I give me Kevin Durant any day of the week, but Kawhi, you know, was on, on board for for the Spurs playing with some legends and listen, he's a really good player. He's had his own injury history, right? Um, you know, and not to knock Durant, but he is 34 years old. We didn't really talk about that element. 34 years old, Achilles. Um, I think he played what 80 games combined in the last two years, Alex, like how many more max? How about this? How many more max years do we think Kevin Durant has at superstar level? You know, I, I think two to three for sure. I mean, he's aged well, in my opinion. You know, I, I feel like this doesn't get talked about either, just having been around the team every day the past few years. Like, if he never gets hurt, he's right up in the top of that MVP conversation both years. So I don't really think that, you know, he even last year, I don't know if it would have counted just based on the amount of games played, but I think he was like three missed free throws from a 50-40-90 season himself. Wow. And that's um, – I had the math a while ago last year, but like – that was his first year off the Achilles. So I, I feel like a lot's being made about some of the injuries. And, you know, even this past year's one with um, – what did he have this year? He had the hamstring strain last year. This year he had, I think, the knee contusion or whatever. That was a fluke collision with Bruce Brown. You know, it's not like he he had the injury this year by being over-physical. I think it was just kind of a bang-bang play that he was on the wrong end of. So I think some of that stuff's been a little bit over-talked about. But, like, mm. I, I do think that he's got two to three good years at – in him of his prime. And then we can talk about the last year, that deal and, you know, what he's had at age 38, but, you know, you know, Dirk Nowitzki looked good towards the end of his career. The right, he just wasn't able to carry the uh, Mavericks in contention like he did, you know, years earlier. So I, I think yeah. he's still a, a, an important piece of a winning team. You know, the last few years of that deal, regardless. All right, Alex, we could wrap up on this. You know, you're going, I'm sure you were at a lot of July 4th parties. You're, you're going to be hanging out the, the rest of the week. You're going out to bars. You see buddies. You see random people who are like, dude, I know you. You cover the Nets. M- what is the most popular sentiment for where Kevin Durant should end up? Where it was a best fit for him? Is it still Phoenix or is it someone else? That's a good question. Uh, to recap some things, though, I'm not relaxing the rest of the week. I'm going to Summer League. I went to one 4th of <laughs> July party and I was the only invitee. And I've been recognized once in public as a Nets beat writer. So, oh, geez. Um, and it was really now. embarrassing. But um, um, the guy was like a total loser over it. But um, where he should go, you know, I think where he should go was the best, de- wherever the best deal for the Nets is. You know, the, the Nets can't screw this up if they do trade him. And, you know, I think whatever the best return is for all parties is where he should go. You know, was that we didn't even talk about New Orleans on this podcast in a Brandon Ingram trade. Um, I mean, Zion signing that rookie extension kind of knocks him out of any potential trade now because yeah. of Ben Simmons there. But, 
you know, I, I think he should go wherever um, wherever the biggest win is for both sides that they could find some kind of compromise on. So I don't really worry about how Kevin's game will fit. Like, he can do a little bit of everything. He's like the queen of the chessboard. I think the Nets need to worry about where they can send him and where they get the best return. Yeah. And that's the, that's kind of the problem. It's like the Nets don't care where they're sending him. They care what they're getting. And KD doesn't want to just go anywhere. Hey, Orlando's given up a lot. <laughs> you know, KD doesn't want to go there. But to, just should he have any say? And that's where it devolves. Anyways, Alex Schiffer, The Athletic. You're going to be busy, man. Uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, reading your stuff. I enjoy it. Thanks for taking the time, man. Thanks for the reminder that I'm going to be busy. <laughs> I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 